Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. You can find out more about me on my website, exploreyourspirit.com. And welcome to my podcast. All right, well, you know, I like to talk about a lot of topics, and they are different every every week. Hope you're enjoying them, and if you haven't already, please subscribe so you don't miss any of them. And go to my website, exploreyourspirit.com, and please subscribe to my newsletter so you'll find out new things I'm teaching, new classes, uh, books I'm working on, gosh, all kinds of stuff, latest podcasts coming out, all the news, so we stay in touch that way. So please sign up for my newsletter. Okay, so today's topic is actually about writing. I get a lot of emails from people that have read my books, and I love, I read every email. I love hearing from people where they take the time to write and tell me what they loved about uh, one of my books that they picked up. I've written six books so far. Some of them have won some great awards uh, and been endorsed by a lot of great people. And I write nonfiction. Some of you may know me through my Awakened series, Awakened Aura, Awakened Psychic, Awakened Dreamer. Uh, some of you know me through my Mystery School book, Nine Life Altering Lessons, Secrets of the Mystery Schools Unveiled. And then others know me through my Paranormal Journey books, which are Ghost Study North Carolina and Spirits of New Orleans. So whichever way you found me, welcome, and I hope you'll try some of the other books. So with all the emails I get about my books, I get a lot of comments, and sometimes people will comment on articles that I've written as well. I used to write for the Huffington Post, I used to write for the Examiner, uh, and a lot of different magazines, blogs, and I still have my own blog as well. So a lot of people will say, Kayla, I want to be a writer, can you give me some advice? Can you help me to become a writer? And so I've always said, okay, the next time I get one of these emails, I'm going to do a podcast with some writing tips. And this week I got an email. So here we are. So writing advice, that is hard to give because each writer will tell you something different. And what works for each writer is different. First thing I'm going to say is usually no matter where you read this advice or hear about it, you're going to hear an advice that says, write what you know. But I'm going to take that a step further. I'm going to say, write what you love. Because the things that you love, you're so passionate about, that you'll spend days, weeks, months researching, exploring, and discovering all there is to know and understand. Whether it's a place that you're excited about, something that you love, uh, an interest, a hobby, a person, place, or thing. Whatever it is that you love about it, let that passion be your guide. Let your curiosity, your passion, your desire to know something about this topic so deeply that you can't help but explore and write about it. You would do this even if you weren't writing. You just have to know you love this topic so much. You want to be it, do it, live it, see it, examine it. You're just so passionate. For me, I've always had a deep love and a curiosity about the supernatural, the mystical, the magical, the paranormal, the mysterious, unknown, 
and his spiritual teachings. So throughout my life, I have taken that deep love and that passion, and I've spent my life exploring and getting to know the mystical and myself through this journey on a deeper level by having done so. And so I write about what I love, and I teach about what I love, and I share what I know about what I love, and I pull it all together to share with everyone what I've learned about this great journey. And what I found is when you love something, you can't help but be profoundly affected by it. And you can't help but change yourself in the process of the journey, of the discovery. And so what you love over time becomes part of you. It shapes you, it molds you, and it, it makes you more of that which you were seeking and wanting to discover and learn about. So I have grown as a person through this love to become more spiritual and metaphysical and supernatural and paranormal and mystical. And by design, that is spread from me in order to help me grow. And in turn, it's led me to reach out and to teach others. So by exploring my, my passion for exploring my spirit, I became a better writer. And so this leads to the second part of my advice for writers and uh, specifically for those that might write nonfiction. That when you're creating a brand for yourself to share your work, you must then share what you know and share what you love. And you must build this brand and establish your expert status in this field in order to share this information fully with others. And I've taught this to many students of mine who came to me and wanted to learn how to get their message out as nonfiction writers and spiritual teachers. This is accomplished in three sections, which I call build your brand, establish expert status, and create your platform. And this is so you can share what you love and what you know. You begin by building your brand, and that is by outlining and describing and detailing what you love and what you know about it and how it moves your heart and stimulates you, how it defines you and empowers you. And it, it helps explain what you're seeking to know about yourself and therefore how it's become an intricate part of you. This is your brand. This is who you are. This is how you've been changed by your love of this topic, this subject. It's what you do, and it's why you do it. It's why you get up every day. It's what you pursue. It's your, it's your purpose. And then you have this desire to share this great love that you know, and you begin to embody it. You talk about it in interviews. You share what you know with others. When you write about it, it's in your books. It's in your blogs. It's in your requests to write articles, your requests to teach it to others and share and so you become known through this by pursuing your love and then known as an expert on knowing what the subject is that is the object of your desire and passion. As you build through this journey of being and creating and sharing your love for it, you create a platform. You build it in your website, maybe your podcast, your blog posts. You're sharing some of it in your social media and it reflects your journey of who you are. It explains what stirs you, what wakes you in the middle of the night, 
what implores you to know more. It defines how you dig deep at the hardest moments of your life in order to find what keeps you going. And it shares what are the greatest moments of joy in your life by standing next to you like it's been your best friend all your life and truly a part of you for all along. To say right what you know just doesn't cut it for me. It just really doesn't explain the whole point of the journey. Truly write what you know is to write what you are and what you are becoming and what truly is your passion, your desire, and your willingness to take the journey to go so far down the rabbit hole, to go so deep with it that you seek and then become the thing that you were originally seeking. Once you've been able to write this and to express it and to put it down on paper, the journey <laughs> only peels back another layer as you find that it releases something within you. It frees something inside and it opens you up. It's a new part of a journey. It's like the layers of the onion. You peel back another layer only to find out there's more to go, new things to discover about yourself and about what you thought you knew. And you find that the more you know, the less you know. And so there lies a new, humble beginning once again. And so now your writing deepens, like a 25-year-old bourbon that has aged so well. And now you're at your work and you're writing. You're called to read it carefully once again and to continue to explore and go deeper and become even more open. Your open mind expands to a level that you didn't even know or knew existed before. Now you know what you know, yet you are humble enough to know what you don't, and you are willing to learn more. You've begun this journey of evolution. So as you've done these things, and you've built your brand, and you've created your expert status by your studies in the field of what you're interested in, and you've created your platform online and however you're sharing this information. Now it's time to put it in writing and to write the book. And so how do you tell that story? How do you create that information? Nonfiction is based on a lot of research. You need to prove your points. You need to be able to explain to the reader how you know these things, how you got to these conclusions and pull it together, what does it all mean? And on top of that, unless you're writing an archaic textbook, it better be interesting. It needs to be uh, told well enough and engaging enough that the reader wants to keep reading to learn these facts. What I find works best is to tell a good story, to explain an experience. When I write in my Spirits of New Orleans book, and go study North Carolina, and I researched those sites, I wrote about what I felt and saw there. If I ran into anything paranormal at the site, and I shared stories of that. When I wrote about my aura book, I shared stories of seeing the auras of others and what happened when I did, and how I saw them in my childhood and forward, moving on. Each book, it helps if you can really share some personal experiences. People want to know what interested you in the subject, what got you there, and what is the most interesting 
or weirdest or intriguing thing that ever happened to you. And also, they want to know your opinion. Now, it's not supposed nonfiction is supposed to be factual. So, you're going to need to stick to the facts. But, in a lot of writing, whether it's travel writing, which essentially is what my New Orleans and North Carolina books are about, they do tell haunted history, but they're really about how to travel to those cities and states and have an experience, have a journey. And they also share where to go, where to stay, where to have dinner, where's a great hotel, where's a great shop, what to do when you're in the area. So they're travel writing at the same time. Uh, other books I write, I put in some of my personal experiences. And occasionally, I throw in a little bit of my personality as well. My sense of humor, uh, uh, my perspective on things. And it's good to share your perspective on how you're seeing something and what it means to you. You are, after all, writing as nonfiction as an expert of someone with this. And the reader is going to want to see what your take is on it. When you review whatever topic it is, did you find it to be credible or not? If it's, a, it's, if it's about food, was it good? If it's about ghosts, did you see a ghost? Whatever the topic is, they're going to want some of your perspective. Another mistake made in nonfiction for a lot of people is they get caught up in writing like an academic. There is a place and a time for certain academic books, but for the most part, people want an easy to understand book. They want to be able to read the book and understand the subject matter. And that might be one of the best compliments I get the often on my books is readers will write to me and say, I read your book on very sophisticated subject matter. And I am always able to understand when you write it because you explain it so well in a way that I can understand. You take tough technical terms and you find a way to explain them where it's easy to follow. And I think that's important if a person, you know, doesn't enjoy and it's so academic that they're scratching their head and trying to figure out what the writer is saying. I think you've lost your reader right there. So it's important for it to be friendly and to explain it well. And I've always thought if you really do understand subject matter, if you really do understand what you're talking about, you should be able to break it down and explain it very easily. I would think that would be part of truly knowing your subject matter, that you could talk about it in those terms. Also, going back to writing and sharing some of your stories, you also don't want to go too far that way. One of the things that I see uh, rookie writers do is they all will reach out to me and say, I've had an experience happen, a metaphysical or paranormal or spiritual experience, and I think I should write a book about it. And so I'll ask them why. And they'll like, well, this happened. This happened to me and it was profound. And I'm like, well, do you know that happens to thousands of other people's too? And they're like, no, no, it can't. This was, just happened to me. And it's like, no, other people have had someone visit them from spirit. Other people have had a psychic experience. There are lots of other people that have had these experiences. So I advise them if they want to write a book that will do well, it can't just be 
you telling the story of you. Most biographies in that way are really interesting if you're already a celebrity or someone very famous. Then the biography of every detail may be of interest to the reader. But if not, they're not going to want to read your entire life story bit by bit. What they're going to want to read is something they're learning about. What is the point of you telling them these stories? What are you teaching them? What are you educating them on? What are you inspiring them about? You have to remember you're writing not for you in a I want to tell my life story kind of way, but you're writing for the reader to explain something to them. And you only bring in your stories if it helps explain the bigger picture, if it explains a term or a type of teaching that you're trying to get across. And if you can explain that with your story and that helps them understand it, then all the better. But it's not supposed to be like story after story after story after story of you. You have to remember who you're writing for. You're not writing for you. You're writing for your readers, and that's important. You first must identify who are your readers. You need to be able to picture them in your mind. How many are male? How many are female? How many are at a certain age range? What are their interests? What would lead them to read your book? If you're saying everybody of all ages and of all lifestyles, you're wrong. Ask any editor, ask any publisher, ask anyone who teaches about writing. There's nothing that it is appeals to everyone. This is not just uh, in writing a book. This isn't any business you want to build. Your ideal clientele is of a certain nature. For example, let's say I ask you what you want to do for a living. And you tell me you want to create a clothing store and sell clothes. Well, the first thing I'm going to ask you is who is your customer? And if you say everybody, you're wrong. Your clothing store is going to have to be more defined in order to find a customer. So the first question would be, is it a luxury clothing store or is it a discount clothing store? That's a different clientele. Someone that's looking for a bargain versus someone that's looking for the best well-made luxury item available in the world. Those are two different customers. Are you selling clothing for all ages or not? That's a different type of customer. Are you selling clothing in all sizes or a specific customer? Are you selling for a certain age group? What you sell for juniors that are age 18 and what you sell for people going into their retirement age are two different types of clothing. So the more you find your group, your customer, your niche, the more you find your genre. And it's good to fine tune your and find your genre to find your people that are going to appreciate your books and want to read more. Another thing I get told often in my writing is people say they hear my voice. They say, I hear your voice in your books like I'm walking with you and you're talking to me and telling me the story. And I love that. I love that people hear my voice and feel like I'm a friend walking with them and telling them the story while they're reading. So when you can do that, it's really powerful. It connects you as the writer and the reader 
and you go on the journey together. So if you can find a way to really put your voice into the writing, uh, people will connect with you and they'll know what to expect. Out of every book you write, even if it's about a, a different subject, they're going to know what to expect because they know your voice and they know kind of your point of view. They know if you're going to be taking them on a journey or whether you're just going to be reporting the facts at the beginning or reciting information or whether you're going to weave in a story about yourself. It's, it's um, going to become very apparent to them once they get to know your voice. Another tip that I've always found helpful is I get ideas out of the blue all types of day and night. And sometimes it's in a conversation. Sometimes I'm thinking about something completely different and this idea just pops in my head. I could be doing a million different things. So what I've learned is to always keep my phone on me and I have notes on my phone. And as soon as that idea, I stop. I stop talking to anyone. I keep that idea in my head. I open notes on my phone as fast as I can and without hopefully letting anyone else say anything to me or interrupt, I go right into my notes and type as fast as I can. Because a lot of those ideas are so good, but they disappear in seconds. And if I don't catch them right then, they're really gone and I can't bring them back. So I have learned to grab my phone and type as fast as I can. I've even woken up at times and done that where I've had a dream or just wake up in the middle of the night with this thought. So it's really good to do that even if you're not a writer, just if you're looking for creative ideas for whatever it is you're doing. Other tips that I'd like to share. If it's something that interests you, there's someone else out there that's interested in it too. So write the book that you want to write. Second, always try to find the same time of day to write and to give yourself that time. Treat it like any other job and try your best not to let inter anything interfere with it. And of course, some days that's going to happen. But if it does, you make a promise to yourself that even if it's later that day or first thing the next morning, you're right back at it, you pick right back up. It's very, very important. For me, I'm a write what inspires me, write what strikes in my thoughts. So I write as fast as I can when an idea hits me. I will sit down at the computer and try to speak to no one, not get interrupted, and write as fast as I can possibly type because the idea is just in my head and it's pouring out. And so if I was a fiction writer, I would be called a panster which means I don't do an outline. I start writing and just let it come out of me. And this is usually where I get the ideas for my books. Then later as the book's starting to take form, then I get a little more organized and I'll go back in uh, and I'll start looking at my um, how my chapters are flowing and start making my table of contents and seeing the book actually take form and putting those chapters in order and the way that I think they're going to flow the best. But in the beginning, I don't edit. I just write and write and write and write and write and write and get out as much as I can. 
That's always worked the best for me. When I go back over it the second time, I then look to say, did I pull out what I really wanted to say in each chapter? Meaning, I have a strong opinion about most things I write about. And did I make sure to explain that opinion in that chapter? If I believe that the red, the color red in the aura means something very specific, I go back and read that chapter to make sure that I really brought that point across and gave you lots of reasons why that I think that is uh, uh, the way it is. Also, um, you've heard about the dreaded writer's block and everyone's got a different definition of it. If you're if you're in a low place and something else is going on in your life, you could get blocked. And it's not just writer's block, really. If you're dealing with grief or depression or some kind of problems, you're probably blocked with everything in your life. Anything creative and much of anything else either. That's just, that's just a fact. When you're going through some tough stuff, it's hard to do anything. If you had a different job, it'd be just as hard to get up and go to work if you're in that in that space. So I understand feeling blocked. And I think we've all been there where we felt blocked. Didn't want to do anything. It was all we could do just to get up, do what we had to do, and then go back to bed. We've all been there. But writer's block to me is a little different. And the best cure for, if you're calling it writer's block, and it's not because something else is going on, something really tragic in your life has happened and you just can't deal with a lot of things, you know, at that moment. Um, that's different. But if it's just, oh, I'm, I'm fine, but I just can't seem to find um, the inspiration to write. That's different. And some people call that writer's block and I disagree. That is just a part of you, your inspiration, that's not being uh, set on fire at the moment. So what I suggest you do in those moments is you write the very thing you don't want to do. Even if you just start typing like, hi, this is me. I don't feel like writing today, but I'm going to write. I'm here. I'm still writing. I'm writing. I bet I could write 200 words. Could I write 200 words about what it's like to write about not writing? Yeah, I probably could. Let's write that. And that puts you back in that mindset. And then you might start laughing at yourself like, hey, I'm at... 250 words now about how it's writing that's not writing and yet I'm still writing and you start to laugh at yourself and then if you do that it kind of sparks that part of your brain and gets you back into writing and then you find you'll switch and you're like oh I remember that thing I learned when I was typing like the quick brown dog jumps over the lazy fox or I don't remember how that goes but it was a thing I remember when I first learned uh to to type that they taught you a sentence that I think uses all the letters or something. And so, uh, you know, you start thinking of that. And then your mind goes to something else. And all of a sudden you have an idea. And the next thing you know, you're writing. And the next thing you know, <laughs> you can't stop writing because you've got an idea. So that's just giving your brain a little jump start. And, and that's different than being blocked when something really traumatic has happened to you. So make sure you don't use writer's block as a real... Uh, excuse when it's not. The thing I tell writers after they've written a book, 
is this is when you have to get tough. When you turn it over to your editor, you need to let them tear it up. And you, they're going to tell you, like, this. there's really no need for this chapter. <laughs> there's really no need for these 20 pages. And you're like, my baby, what? No, you really need to listen. Good editors are out there to help you. They're seeing it from a different perspective. And you need to trust your editor. You need to trust that everyone there, if you go uh, the route I did, which was traditional publishing, you need to trust that your editor and your art department and everyone in the publishing industry is there trying to help you have the best look and feel and title and book that you can possibly have. Another thing I like to do is I challenge myself to learn something new every year. And it's not always about writing. Several years ago, I decided to become uh, an interior decorator. And I had done traditional feng shui for years and loved decorating, and I decided to get certified in it. And I'm an intuitive interior decorator. I do this for clients on the side as well. Because to me, it all comes back to exploring your spirit. Whether I'm writing about it, teaching about it, coaching about it, offering private consultations, doing the podcast, or even helping you remake your home. It's all the same thing, getting in touch with you and who you are and what gives you the most personal, enlightening, inspirational experience. And your home is your temple. The colors you use in your home affect you and your aura and your energy. So it's just another way to tell the same story the same teachings that I'm explaining on different levels. Whether you go deep with me as a mystery school student or you refresh your home and you start that way, just having good energy and good vibes in your home. Whichever way, whichever path you take, I believe it's all many paths, one destination, as you're trying to know yourself and know the universe on a deeper level. You're trying to explore your spirit. So I like to learn something new every year and challenge myself to do that. Last year, uh, for me, it was becoming a certified grief educator so that I could teach people and help them in grief. That was important for me because of grief I've gone through in this lifetime and to help others. The interesting thing is, no matter what I learn, whether it's interior design, uh, educating about grief, any number of topics that I've studied over the years, it all helps with my writing. It all makes me a better writer. So be an open to learn. Be curious all the time. Be a people watcher, a study of humanity and what makes people tick. And read books, lots and lots of books to give you ideas about what you want to write and what your style is like and how you would like to write. And why do you admire this book over that one? What did that book do? How did it touch you and make you feel? that made you wanted to write as well? Why did you not want to stop reading the book? Because it was so good. So study, 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 and be open to always learning new things because you will incorporate all those into your work as a writer. Okay, well, these are just a few of my quick tips for writing. And whether you're ready to start writing nonfiction books or you just want to write for yourself, I hope these tips help you to give you some ideas of how to be a better writer and to put that into whatever you're writing, whether it's marketing material for the work you do, articles that you write for your business, 
uh, or whether you want to become a full-time writer yourself. There's a lot more I could say, but it's only so much time in these podcasts. So here we go, closing up another one, wishing you all the best and very, very happy writing.